Hello and welcome to a pair of Dice Lost podcasting channel. My name is Brendan, my pronouns are he, him, and I'll be your storyteller for this game about living gods on the wrong side of the law. Joining me for this game is... Hey there guys, my name is Tyler, uh, pronouns are he, him, I'm going to be playing uh, Ricky, the fire-aspected street exorcist. Hi everybody, my name is Christina, I will be playing Elion. My pronouns are she, her, and Elion's pronouns are they, them. They are a water-aspected investigator. Hi, everyone. My name's Cody. Pronouns are he, they, and I play Amalar Divine, the air-aspected shady businessman. Hi, my name is Britt, and my pronouns are she and her. I play a wood-aspect named Rush Ferris, who has a ferret familiar named Zeke. Together, they specialize in archery, larceny, and dance. Hi, I'm Michaela Sheher, and I'll be playing Tarali of House Regara, an Earth-aspected leader of a small military force known as the Tyrants who collects the books for the gang. And this is Exalted, like a dragon-blooded. Act 2, Relics and Revelations. When last we left off with our intrepid crew, uh, everybody had come back together uh, at just about the same time. This does include Tarali and her tyrants to come in to see a uh, very interesting scene. There is inside of this room that you have been uh, placed in is a large pool essentially uh that looks like it had uh or this room has uh like large windows on the side of it um and you guys just came through some brass double doors in the center of the room there is a deep pool and the edges have chips of ceramic that are basically like they have flecks of like different colored jade on it Two main things that you notice upon coming into this room is that dead center in this pool is a large uh, green jade power bow that has a bowstring that appears to be spun directly out of moonlight. For moonlight, I mean. And the other thing that you notice is that the windows out here are not bringing in the usual golden sunlight of uh, of the unconquered sun shining down upon you all uh, with his grace and radiance. Instead, it is uh, the a green radioactive kind of off-putting uh, color coming in that is uh, distinctly uh, something that Ricky, a trained... Uh, a trained immaculate monk would immediately recognize as uh, the sign of Lidger, the uh, the green son of Malpheus. So, uh, welcome to hell. As soon as that you guys step in here, um, you can feel the oppressive heat from outside that is kind of being uh, staved off uh, inside of the building as uh, winds howl outside of the building. Uh, and to 
if you strain your ears just enough, you can hear the screams or revel of some kind of monsters outside of the building. But in here, you appear to be safe for the moment. Notably, the um, the pool itself is roughly about, at its deepest, is about 20 feet deep. The, the the scraping along the ceramic is kind of everywhere around uh around here, but the chipping is mostly along the edges. Um and you are to the best of your knowledge, uh outside of the five of you and uh to Raleigh's tyrants, you all are alone, to the best of your knowledge. So, like, I know as dragon blooded, we're used to some pretty weird shit. Like, on a scale from what the fuck to this is perfectly normal, like, how weird is this to us? It is, uh, it is nowhere near perfectly normal. Uh, traveling through the different realms, uh, the wild, the underworld, that kind of stuff, that is normally not something that is within the dragon blooded purview. Uh, you guys dealt with gods and uh, elementals back on creation, but this year, this is this is way beyond your pay grade. Uh, Ferris is just going to be staring at the bow, like, in awe, but not, like, the kind of staring in awe where she walks towards the water to jump in. Uh, there is, uh, I, I, I should mention, there is no water. It is an empty pool. Oh. Boop. Uh, are you familiar with uh with with the phrase uh Scrooge McDuck style money pit? Yes. Yeah, that's what you have here. Gotcha. So uh this is uh this is the vault. Huh. This is the vault. But there's nothing in it, you said, right? It's just empty. Outside of the power bow in the center, yes. And you said in some areas it's as deep as 20 feet, which means we could still see the bottom. Yes. Does it kind of go down like a like a beach would, where it just kind of keeps going and then it goes back up to the bow? Or is the bow kind of like on a pedestal in the center and it's the deepest the closer to the bow you are? It is the deepest the closer to the bow that you are, and the bow is at the very center where it is the deepest. So it's down in there. Yes, it is very down in there. And how steep is it? Like, can you walk down there? Or, like, if we start walking, we'll, like, slip and slide? It appears from uh, your vantage point on the edge to be kind of set up like you would a pool where that it has a... It has a fairly decent incline for... or It has a fairly... Uh, slow gradient going down and then eventually it just kind of drops. Oh. Okay. Kind of like how the deep end in uh in a community pool does. I guess I don't know what to do here. <laughs> Cuz like <laughs> you could just walk up to it, but I don't trust anything. Oh, I was just going to say I take out a coin and Toss it in to see if anything happens to it. Um, you take out a coin and toss it into. Do you toss it into the the deep end, or do you toss it into the uh, the shower the shallower end? 
I am going to attempt to actually hit the bow. So the center deepest end. Um, since you're actually attempting to hit a target, if you could give me a dex and throne. Well, this is going to be bad because I don't have any throne. Yeah, but I know that you're good at dex. I got one success. Very close. With one success, you flick the coin and it bounces towards the bow, but hits a small, uh, it, it goes, uh, it goes a little wide. Um, and kind of rolls along the edges uh, for a little bit, uh, kind of in this quiet-ish room, giving a uh, kind of uh, performance of the, the coin just kind of like rolling and echoing along the, uh, the cavernous chamber of the pool. And eventually it rolls to a stop and clinks against the bow that is standing there. And as it, it clinks against the bow, you can, for just a brief second, hear a soft, quiet, calming melody. Did you all hear that, too? Yeah. Do you, you think this is the uh, thing we came down here for? Because it uh, certainly looks like it's the only thing here. My assumption would be that this is what he sent us down here to get, and it looks very much your style, in all of that it's a bow. Uh, Ferris is gonna start, like, slowly walking into the empty pool, towards, like, the drop-off, but not, like, obviously stepping off the drop-off, because that's dangerous. Okay. You walk into the empty pool, uh, your uh, feet reverberate, make a like reverberation sound uh, inside of the large empty room as the acoustics kind of weigh on you. And you make it up to the edge, and nothing happens. You're in a pool with green light shining down into the windows from here, and the sound of a revel of wind and screams going on outside. But in here, everything's fairly calm. Um, how far from where the where it drops off to the center would you say it is? Or at least to the bottom? Like, does it drop off after about 10 feet? Or... It yeah. drops off after about 10 feet. It's a... It's a hard... Um... It would be a hard drop for a mortal to make, but as an exalt, you wouldn't take any kind of damage even jumping in from the uh, the the very uh, like the deep end down here. Yeah, I was gonna say, can I like kind of lay down onto it, kind of flip myself over, and then like slide down and then let go to drop down? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I I'm gonna go walk over to the uh, to the bow. Okay. You go down, you slide down, and eventually pick yourself back up. Moving over to the bow, you can see that it is... The actual jade of the power bow is much more intricate than you could see from uh, so many feet away. It is carved in a technique that you have... Let's just say never seen before in all of your years 
this is something from a, from from an age that is like myth. And atop the atop the bow is a small uh, circular um, nub is the best way that I could put it that appears to house something inside of it, but you can't really get a look to see. Um, before I touch this, does does any, any one of you want to come down and be my second set of eyes while looking for, uh, craps? I'm going to be real honest, Ferris, uh, I don't know shit about anything going on here. Yep, don't worry, Ferris, my my eyes are real good. I got, I got you covered from over here. Promise. Uh, Elian just kind of rolls their eyes. Sure, I will come down there with you. And they go to the edge of the pool and just kind of like slide down it using their hand on the wall to balance themselves as they slide down and head over to where Ferris is and look around to see if the bow is, looks like it's attached to the ground any sort of weird way, if there's any um, plates that look like they're in the ground, any trip wires, anything that looks off. So going to look for anything that looks off or something that could uh, potentially hurt one of us if, you know, I were to touch it. Okay. Um, so in that case, uh, for Elian looking for trip wires and stuff like that, are you taking this slowly and methodically, or are you doing this as quick as possible to get over to Ferris? As in, am I approaching Ferris quickly or am I looking for traps quickly? Uh, are you looking for traps quickly? Uh, no, I'm going I'm to take my time as I'm going over to look to see if there's anything along the way. And as I get close to the bow, I'm going to look even more so. Okay. Uh, I wanted to know because that's basically the determination between a perception and awareness or perception and investigation role. I mean, both would be kind of the same, <laughs> almost. Right, but it, it would be different depending on the charms that you can use. That's true. I do have a lot of awareness charms, though. But the uh, since I'm assuming it's visual, uh, visual, I do get an extra two dice because yes, because of cat eyes. Yes, yes. So uh, for the description, I'll give you an extra two dice. Uh, go ahead and roll me your perception and investigation. I'm not being slow and methodical. I'm just looking for anything that might uh, cause issues. Okay. Uh, in that case, uh, Ferris, if you could give me perception and awareness. Uh, I'm also going to burn two... Hold on. I have a question. Is this considered a crime scene? For the what sake cri- of investigation. Um, so, I've- yes. But what crime do you think was committed here? I mean, I assume there should probably be money in this pool. Or something, but I just happen to have investigation crime scenes as a specialization. So, yes, uh, I will let you know that crime scene investigation uh, specialty does apply to this. in In the case that you are looking specifically for uh, clues about uh, mass theft, I guess would be the best way to put it. Uh, burglary. Cool. 
Um, this place has, in fact, been burgled. Okay, so I, I have a question. Since this is specifically for looking for traps, I will have to make a second investigation yes. roll probably later when I actually look around this place, correct? Yes. In this case, the crime since you're looking for traps here, the crime scene investigation specialty would not apply. But once you start casing the joint for clues about people who had been here and uh, the mystery of who stole all the money... Uh, yes, then you would get that specialty. Okay, so I'm not going to blow my load right now. I will spend two moats so that I can get an automatic success, and that does allow me to re-roll sixes. Okay. I got three successes for my perception and awareness roll. Okay, I will get to you in a moment. Oh boy. So I have eight, and I get to re-roll four of those. Good God. So, 12 successes. All right. So, with three successes from Ferris, doing a quick look around of perception and awareness, for a moment you are fairly certain that there are no traps or anything in here. There is... Everything's ripe for the taking, or if there were traps, they've already been triggered. Uh, Elian? You, on the other hand, see something completely different. This place was, at one point, very heavily booby-trapped. You notice that many of the tiles that you move along are not worn with age. They were, in fact, pressure plates that have since been triggered. You notice that um, small vents in the tops of the pool uh, appear to be leaking a very viscous black substance that is beginning to dry up along the very edges. And you can see one final thing is that the spot where that the bow is lodged into is also a pressure plate. It is being held down, and if that that bow is moved, something will happen. Your best bet on that with 12 whole successes upon looking at it and getting a moment to investigate around the bow itself is that it is very likely that moving the bow will do one of three things. It will either sound an alarm, open the windows, or it will cause an irreversible explosion. Uh, Basically, the self-detonate button. But not being a crafter or a trapsmith, it's a little hard to tell which is which. So, Elian's going to kind of take that all in looking around, and they're going to, as they notice these things, point them out and be like, pressure plates, moving the finger around to where each one is, and they're going to move their finger around the edge and point out where the black viscous fluid was coming from. That should be fine now that it's drying up. And then going to point at the bow. So... We need to be very careful about that. That's also on a pressure plate. I'm not sure... I'm not great with traps, but 
it may sound an alarm or open the windows to all of that or cause uh, an explosion, an irreversible explosion. So if we're going to take that off, that might need to be the last thing that we do so that we don't kill ourselves, essentially. Right right before Elyon had told all of, her that, all of this to Ferris, she kind of like looked like she was getting ready to touch it, but stopped just short, uh, waiting for... Uh, like, she was holding her hand there, waiting and staring at Elyon to uh, let her know if it was okay. And then once Elyon says that, she just kind of slinks her arm back over to her side. Got it. Uh, so, don't touch it yet. The The nice thing is everything else has been triggered, it looks like. But that, however, the bow obviously hasn't been since it's not moved. So my big question is, if this was essentially a pit that we had all of our money and valuables in, why wasn't that taken? Maybe it was more trouble than it was worth. And pressure plates and mysterious fluids make everything else easier? You, you got me. I, I honestly don't know. Um, Ferris is gonna gently, like, put a finger on the bow, just to, just to touch it. She's not gonna try to move it, she's not gonna try to pick it up, she's just gonna touch it. Upon touching it, as it, it is a weapon that you are unattuned to, the very weight of it is, uh, well... To be frank, catastrophically, uh, not catastrophically, that's the wrong word, is incredibly heavy. Um, this bow and everything about it must weigh easily 3,000 pounds. She's going to turn to Elian. Maybe they couldn't move it because it, it, it seems and feels pretty heavy. That's quite possible. The question is, how are we going to be able to remove it? If that is what we came here for, which would be my best guess, as it is. Well, first, I would like to not have the traps go off if we were to somehow be able to move this thing. As they're talking about this, um, specifically, Ricky, if that he's listening, would know as someone who also uses an artifact weapon that uh, artifact weapons are incredibly heavy. Unless, of course, that you're attuned to them. And then they become a light as air. Yeah, uh, hey, maybe the person who broke in here couldn't attune to that. Maybe that's why. The artifacts are heavy as shit unless you, uh, you know, get all personal with them and everything. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. If it's for you, then maybe you can and they couldn't. Ah. She's gonna look up to Ricky... And how exactly do does one attune to a weapon or something like this? And she's going to also like gesture to his stick. Ah, uh, well, and mine kind of kind of attuned to me. It's hard to kind of say. Um, try your best. I don't know. Try your best. I don't know. You know, honestly, this is probably some of the best advice that a monk has ever given anyone. 
Ferris is going to, instead of just touching it with her finger, she's going to go down to, like, where you would normally hold a bow and, like, grip it. But again, Mm -hmm. not very careful not to trying to, like, move it or pull it or anything. Just because I don't want to set off the pressure plates quite yet. Okay. Um, when that you go to touch the green jade of the bow, you feel a sudden gust of uh, a sudden scent of the deep force of the east with exotic plants uh, suffusing your sense. Um, you feel the cold night breeze uh, through the uh, through the air around you, and a sudden sense of calm. And as if that this was, this is something that resonates with you. Uh, mechanically, to let you know, Ferris, how that attunement works, you uh, attune by committing five motes from either your personal or your peripheral pool, um, and then the weapon is yours. That it, it's literally that simple. But the idea is, is that those motes that you attune. Those modes that you attune do not regenerate. So it is, in fact, taking away from your total essence pool. Um, so if that's the case, then I will go ahead and commit five from my... Does committing from your peripheral cause you to go up in anima level? Yes, it would. Well... That's what's happening. Because, uh... Yeah, I I don't want to take it for my personal, because I only got 14 to use from there, and I need that for other things. So I guess I will commit 5 from my peripheral. I will go up to... Glowing. And, yeah. Okay. You commit the motes, and you can feel the rush of power through you as you attune as you attune to the power bow secret cord. I was say I'm I'm still making sure to not pick it up or move it too much as best as I can. You now have access to all that stuff that I sent you the other night regarding this bow including the two evocations at start. Um, you do not have to move it yet, when, but when that you do eventually move it, um, it is light as your, own, uh, as your own short bow that you normally use. When all that happens, uh, Ferris is going to like do a small smile, and then she's going to look down at where the bow is kind of sitting, and be like, uh, now what? Because <laughs> she's going to look down where the pressure plates are and then look over to Elian. I'm not, again, not super well versed in traps. Maybe aren't aren't like... you the thief or something? Ferris, isn't this your thing? I, I don't deal with pressure plates, typically, Ricky. I deal with locks. And pickpocketing. What is a pressure plate but a lock to unlock a trap? So you just reverse pick it. He's technically correct. 
larceny the shit. I guess I'm gonna try to figure out how to reverse pick slash disarm the trap. Are you going to try and figure it out first, or are you going to just dive right into it with your thieves' tools and your larceny charms? I kind of want to, like, look over it, kind of at the, like, edges of the plate, where the bow's sitting, see if there's any way to, like, look underneath in some way, or see where it's, like, might be, like, linked to first. Do, like, a first glance to look over what I'm about to do before I dive in and try to uh, deal with it. Okay. Um, Give me a perception and awareness roll. I'll give you an extra two dice for describing how that you are looking into this. Three successes, but I also rolled three ones. Ooh. Okay. So, you have an idea. The plate underneath that is tough, but through the plate, the device itself is fairly fragile. Upon attuning to the bow, you know that this is not the bow's full capability. And if that you were to, mm, let's say, release that full capability where it stands now, the bow might completely decimate that device. So while Ferris is sitting and pondering how to deal with this trap, Ellen's going to look at her and be like, before you try to move it, can I take a look around here? I hate for something to happen and, well, they gestured to kind of the whole place. I don't get a chance to figure out what happened here or at least try. Uh, yeah, I will, I will wait. I will just, I'll, I'll stand here and wait for you as she just like looks between Elian and then the bow and then the pressure plate and then back to Elian. Uh, Elian, if you look back to Ferris, you could, you notice that, uh, she is fidgeting a little bit with this idea as that the, as one of her fingers on the bow is moving, uh, ever so slightly towards what looks like a small switch. Okay. It should only take me a few moments. Practically a minute. Well, once I'm out of here anyways. Celia's gonna avoid it, like, keeping an eye out for the any more pressure points or anything weird. Get out of this pool. They're going to go up and kind of stand in a as central location as they can get up top to look around. So, uh, I'm about to throw my whole investigation investigation dick out to try to figure out what happened here. Okay. I expected as much. They are going to pull the sleeve of their shirt up and there is what looks to be kind of like almost a bracer on their forearm with multiple pockets on it and it has a symbol on it that looks like well it's a patch that has a magnifying glass that's wreathed in flames um they pull some things open and start pulling devices out um magnifying glasses uh little like 
can't think of what it's called, tweezers, bags and jars. Some have powders and um, various solutions in them. And they are going to go around and dust different areas with different powders, pull magnifying glasses out looking for fingerprints. Uh, they're going to look under things, over things, around different things. And there's even like a pair of what would essentially be like the little glasses that you can put on and tap down so it zooms in on things. And they're going to go around every inch of this joint. Excuse me, excuse me. Just kind of like move around um, Divine and Ricky. They're going to look inside the pool kind of over the edges as well. And I don't remember if there's anything else in here besides the pool, but they will like look underneath the things as well. Just basically giving the place a full like rundown. Uh, and even pausing for a moment, putting a finger up, asking them to be quiet so that they can listen to see if there's any weird sounds or scents, closing their eyes to kind of focus on anything that might stand out. I'm going to, for that huge description there, I'm going to give you a two-dot stunt, so that is two extra dice, an automatic success, and you can regen a willpower if you're missing some. Well, that works great, because I'm about to burn at least one willpower to do, uh, I think it's clear water prana. Okay, so I should have added this up beforehand, but I didn't, so here we are. Um, on how much I'm going to blow. So give me one moment. You're fine. While I give you a moment, I'm going to uh, swing the camera over to the other three who have been a little quiet for the moment. Uh, what's going through y'all's heads? Are you guys looking for anything? Are you guys uh, curious about what's going on outside or anything else around the room? Uh, Ricky is going to be mostly just uh, taking his time and taking in this thing he's probably only heard about in his training and making sure that things like coming out of the woodworks to get the drop on them or anything, or just kind of like keeping the head on a swivel to keep an eye up. At any point, do you look through the windows? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I was going to say that's where Divine's focus is, is the morbid curiosity outside the windows. The morbid curiosity outside the windows looking from this one safe haven in the demon city of Malpheus out onto the streets of the living city of the god turned inside out and onto himself. There is revelry going on as blood apes, Neoma, Agatha, multiple other demons that uh, are not known to you or not known to anyone uh, continue to party, fight, and fuck in the streets. It is alien debauchery as things are wont to do here. There is joy but pain. There is music, but the notes are discordant and somehow wrong. And every now and again, you see one of the denizens of hell out there pull a mortal from somewhere and begin to force them to join the revel. Uh, Tarali, uh, for the record, just to let you know, um, no, Malpheus did not. Malpheus, the king of the uh, the king of the Yozi, did not do that to himself. 
That's what the Exalted did to him when the, he lost the war and refused to surrender. So, uh, them, we're just going to not talk about what's going on out there, right, Ricky? Uh, yeah, that's a way to do it. I'm not against that. That sounds fine. You know, uh, I mean, yeah, this is, this is, uh, this is it. Divine is, uh, gonna try to hold in his vomit as he makes the face and then turns away. I have a question that is relevant. Sure thing. I have an answer that might be relevant. I need to know if this counts as examining a piece of evidence. Let's go with yes. This whole place is evidence. Okay. And there's no limit on how much, um, how many moats I can spend per, per round? Uh, no, just as much as you want to spend. Okay. The, the only limit is if the, the action is simple, you can't use that with other simple actions but i think that most of your stuff is supplemental if i recall i only have two uh simple investigation charms i'm sorry three simple investigation charms so and question for you are you are you using clear water prana yes yes i am that is one of them i'm using clear water prana um tampering detection Technique, um, indisputable physical analysis technique, and that should be it because the other ones are all simple. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure because I know that one has very specific requirements on when you can use it next. Yes, it can only be used once per story or unless it is reset by accomplishing a major character or story goal by successfully concluding an investigation or using the information gained from one. Yep. But that's why it's a signature charm. Yep. Um, so I'm throwing six moats into the... Oh gosh, I did not want to go up to dodge. Into the Excellency for investigation. So that's going to give me three auto successes and allow me to re-roll sixes. Um, tampering detection... Or, yeah, tampering detection technique... Uh, is going to allow me to reveal whether any attempt was made to conceal evidence. It doesn't tell me who's responsible, but that's fine. Uh, also, since I am investi- over investigation four and I have essence three, I can detect tampering that's occurred in the last, let's see, eight days, if there's been any. And then clear water prawn is just a lot to read, so... Um, so I assume it's probably a perception and investigation check. Um, in this case, I believe that it is actually intelligence. No, no, it would be perception and investigation. No, wait, what is the... Because you're doing a case scene, right? Yes. That is a specific role, if I recall. I think I might have it written down. I have read intentions. Give me one sec. Crime and investigation. It is perception and investigation. Well, there we go. Okay. And so yes, you can get the extra two dice for your cat eyes. Cool. Okay, so if I'm doing this correctly, I have 
14 dice, four auto successes, I reroll sixes, and I think I reroll one other thing. Um, I double sevens. Okay. Uh, doubling sevens means you also double eights and nines. Just to let you know. I might have to do that separately because it only lets me um, hit double sevens. So 16 successes. Holy shit. Okay. What do my investigative eyes see? And I did send you all of my charms for investigation. So if you need to look through each one to especially clear water prana, um, you can. Mm -hmm. Also, that only cost me uh, 12 motes. Ooh. This lets you uh, negate magical concealment. That's uh, really good. Yep. So, going through, you find a multitude of clues that are in here. Um, immediately, you can you can discard a few immediately as red herrings that would have put a lesser investigator off the off the course. Uh, hairs and. Uh, scuff marks that are too old to be important to the case. After all, it's only been a few days since this place was robbed. Uh, I believe it was robbed on the third day of calibration. So, one, two, three, three, four, five. Calibration's done at three. You guys had one day out there, and then you guys technically spent five days getting here, but Time is wibbly wobbly because of the uh, because of the effects of the wild. So I would say that it is closer to another single day has passed on creation. Therefore, only a single day has passed here to for the purposes of the uh, the casing of the scene. There are a few things that stick out to you as uh, weird. The first is that the what that you notice uh, regarding the crime scene is, is that it appears as if every trap here that used pressure plates that had uh, basically jade or other kinds of coin and stuff lying on top of it was triggered simultaneously. Meaning that uh, by your investigative mind that whoever moved this either moved it all at once or uh, all, all at once through something like sorcery or through something like insane feats of strength. You notice a few stray hairs that have uh, that, that catch your eye specifically around the entrance of the area. They are dark black. Uh, they're dark black hairs for, uh, that are long enough that you would assume that it's from the head of hair, uh, that it's, that it's from someone's head. You do notice that at some point the, um, there are new scuff marks that come in here, um, afterwards and place the bow down. The bow was not here originally in the, uh, 
in the pool. It was placed after the crime scene uh, was after the crime was done. Fingerprint wise, as you dust through this whole place, you can see large, meaty hands uh, that have stained with oil along the sides of things. And finally, one of the other things that you notice is uh, off on the side of the door, there is a small control panel that has been magically hidden uh, through sorceress means. Uh, upon noticing it, you can't help but notice it and look at it, and you see that there is a control panel in here for every single one of the traps, including uh, the one that Ferris currently has uh, uh, is, is about to set off if you when if you don't stop her. Okay, is there anything else? I'm just kind of going through my notes real quick. No, you're um, fine. I, I rolled a lot of successes, and there's a lot yeah. of stuff going on here. The, the, there's a lot of stuff, but I also don't want to just tell you the answer of who it is, because I kind of want you to guess, if that's fair. No, that's that's fair. Uh, I need to double-check something while you're double-checking something. The other thing that you distinctly notice is that the did you use that charm that lets you get a sense of a person if you have it? Uh, I, know, yeah. I know that you would sent it. Is it the do, 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 do? so I can't use blood nose technique or um tenacious flowing truths because they're both simple. Okay, okay, I figured clear water prana was probably more important in this instance. Uh, it is. I, I think that it is the the better one because it's going to give you a better chance at better information and everything. Now that also being said, I have some things that let me essentially track people mm -hmm. and stuff, so I can always do that later if I need to. Right. Or someone else can do it if they've got better stuff than me for it. You have some good survival charms. Um, but you're saying that I, uh, after finding the panel, I notice what? Or is that based off of if I had the charm to get a sense of a person? Uh, that would be if you had the charm to get a sense of a person. Or if you'd use that. Um, after the panel, um, I'm just trying to think of what else that you would find here. Oh, uh, near the door. You do find hidden underneath uh, another panel that had been concealed from you. Uh, this time, not magically, just simply mundanely, someone had uh, set a, uh, a small area to uh, hide some goods, just in case. And upon opening up that panel, you find a pair of twin daggers. Do they look normal? I know that's a weird question to make, but do they just like look like mundane daggers? Are they ornately decorated or anything like that? They are decorated in the 
They the the hand wraps on them are decorated in fall colors. I say, didn't Bilar use twin daggers? Oh, I guess it's somebody's been paying attention. So I would recognize them essentially. Uh, yes, and the, the the fall colors and the twin daggers are a dead giveaway that these probably belong to Bilar. Okay, so as I'm parsing through all of this, I'm kind of pointing things out um, as I notice them and explaining what I find. And as I finally get to the magical panel, I was like, so Ferris, let me go see if I can figure out the button to turn off the trap that's on the bow. So you don't set it off. And then I'm going to, as I'm walking over there, I'm going to notice the hidden panel and kind of pop that out. And can I lift the daggers? Because technically, like, if they were artifacts, I wouldn't be able to. Yes. Yes, you can lift them. They are standard daggers. Just making sure. Uh, So I'm going to pull the two daggers out and set them on top of, if there's something nearby for me to set it on top of, I'm going to set them on top of those and just kind of tap them lightly and be like, I'm going to come back to this later and go over to see if I can find the button on the panel to turn off the trap for Ferris's bow. With that many successes, it is fairly easy to find the button. You press it, and the thing that uh, was holding Ferris's bow at the ready to cause some kind of disaster has been averted. The bow is now free of its tiny little pedestal, and Ferris, you are free to equip Secret Cord. We'll do the thing. Did you say it's called Secret Horde? Secret Cord. So, I think I found everything I can in this room, unless anybody else would like to take a look. Um, I wouldn't like to investigate, but what I would like to do is do, like, a blanket occult roll as a sorcerer to see if anything too magically fucky was done here. Yeah, sure thing. Um, I think that there are weirdly rules for that. So you can either do it as a sorcerer, which would have you do a, uh, which would have you do, um, basically a counter magic roll or a distortion roll, which means you get five rolls using your intelligence and occult to try to counter what is, uh, the, the spell that you see is going on. Yeah. Yeah, uh, basically you'd be doing a shape sorcery roll, which is intelligence plus occult. You have five rolls to try and get it uh, to the uh, to the number that needs to be done to uh, undo the uh, basically to undo um, to like break the spell. Yeah, yeah, to, to break the spell. You're not necessarily counter magicking it because. That would imply that you're stopping it while it's being casted, but you are uh, distorting the spell. Do I know what I would be distorting before I do it? Um, yes. Uh, as a sorcerer, you have a natural sense of the spells that are going on in the area. So, like, I'm not going to have you distort the spell that is giving you all breathable air. 
the spells that you would want to distort to help with this investigation in some way is going to be one that um, is basically hiding um, more information. Uh, is is it's basically like a like a, like a cloaking spell? Um, yeah, I'll I'll do that then. Okay, yeah. So then, go ahead and make me intelligence and occult rolls. Uh, your goal is to get to twenty successes within five rolls. Okay. No medicine rolls. Please no. Um, and then if you want to like describe it in any way, you can stunt it uh, or you know pump them. I'll let I'll let it count towards everything. I do have a specialty in exorcism, which I guess this technically isn't, but I am sort of banishing something in a way. You know what? I'll I'll give you the the specialty in exorcism for this because you are technically uh, banishing uh, the the wards. Okay. I think uh, what Urki's going to do is he's going to pull out a small little pouch of what is essentially like ground up soot and charcoal. And sprinkle it like around him in a circle carefully. And after doing so, he's going to uh, spin his staff uh, before slamming it onto the ground and shooting that dust out in an area to try to like ritualistically push away any anything that is being hidden to reveal what is what is uh, trying to be deceived. Thank you for taking the time to enjoy our show. If you liked what you heard, why not leave a review or tell a friend about us? It helps get the good word out about the work we put into this show. If you wanted to ask us any questions, you can contact us through Twitter at A Pair of Dice Lost or email at A Pair of Dice Lost at gmail.com. The theme song for this game is Dragon Dance by Raphael Crux, used under a Creative Commons license. And for making it this far, I saw that cool thing you did, so have some stunt dice. Craig, it's so nice to see you, hear from you. You're such a cool guy. Hello, Craig. Get fucked, Craig. Oh my god, why are you so mean? What did Craig do to you? Existed. Well, at this point, without his help, uh, I don't think that we'd have the podcast running, because I would need a brand new laptop to uh, start recording stuff on. So we'll stand by what I said. That's fair, and you are welcome to your opinions. However, you're going to have to learn to work with your coworkers because this is uh, a non-hostile workplace environment. Yeah. I already have to learn to work with a lot of different people, so uh, I'm allowed to have some hate towards one of my coworkers that is an AI, essentially. Oh, he's one. He. he see. He's just a program that just, you know what, I'm not even going to defend this. This bit's gone on for, for an entire minute. I'm not defending it. Let me give in to the hate on something, Brendan. Okay, okay. So, welcome to hell. <clears throat> Sounds better with your uh, raspy voice. Does it? <laughs> yeah, it does. A little bit more uh, intimidating. <laughs> to the best of your knowledge. Fuck Zeke, I guess. I'm sorry. sorry. 
And my fucking horse. <laughs> I'm so sorry, your horse is there too, and Zeke. I forgot about your familiars. Your horse. My horse. Your horse. You know what's not here, though? My demon. You know what else isn't here? Bolar. Oh. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> My heart. It is broken. Again. You know, honestly, this is probably some of the best advice that a monk has ever given anyone. Yes. Uh, like, un like, literally unironically, because the Immaculate Order is a bunch of shits. <laughs> We're not going to have any weird calibration gate fan fiction in here. 